Good evening and welcome to another instalment of the Tuesday Night Live podcast with me and Toby, uh, who's on the other end of the phone. And today it's episode six and more in particular, it's time for our F1 2018 season preview. I can't wait for this. We've been building it up for weeks and we're probably as unprepared as as ever for a podcast. Or at least I am. Uh, Toby might have some predictions up his sleeve uh, and inside information, but we're here tonight. It's going to be an hour hour special just on uh, F1 2018, which starts at the weekend. uh, Highlights on Channel 4 and obviously live on Sky Sports F1 if you want to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, which Toby will be. Um, half past three. Half three, sorry. <laughs> um, and uh, it'll be on four, about one o'clock, I think, uh, the coverage starts, which that's what I'll be watching because I don't have Sky. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's certainly going to be interesting, um, this discussion. And we're hoping it's going to be an interesting season. A big hello to Joe Hansel and Just Tommy, who are the early birds in the chat uh, in this week's podcast. But uh, without further ado, let's say hello to my wonderful co-host, Mr. Toby. Wouldn't quite go as far as wonderful, but, you know, compliments where compliments due, I suppose. But really looking forward to this one, folks. Obviously, I've been an F1 fan for a long time, and it's the sport that I'm most passionate about. I haven't missed an F1 race, I think, for about seven or eight years. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think I'm Just quite... wait till life takes over, Toby. <laughs> I'll pretend I never heard that. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, I haven't missed a race for a long... Well, I have, but I haven't. But I will, I'll, I'll miss a few this year, sadly. But I think I'll... While we're on the subject, I will miss one... Two. I'm very sad. Is that because of Florida? Yes, and Auschwitz as well, um, which is going to be an interesting one. (laughs) Okay. Um, You know. um, Right, let's move on. Um, Hello to Bad Jokes FM, by the way. Uh, I'm very good. I don't know about Toby. (laughs) Well, I'm terrible, to be fair. No. um, I saw um, your tweet earlier with the West Ham thing on the F1 car, and I thought it was quite nice. Not Not as good as the Liverpool one, but you know. Let's gloss over that. I haven't that. seen that, but... Yeah, you don't check Bad Jokes' Twitter enough. I mean, he's no. my priority on Twitter. I mean, he's, he's um, you know, I, I, I get a tweet notification from him. <laughs> oh, dear. Good old Bad Jokes, eh? How are you doing, by the way? None of us uh, were kind enough to ask that. Um, yeah, what races are you missing, Toby? Let us know. Aus- Austria and... Uh, Austria and Hungary. There you go. Same country. <laughs> there you go. Well, where you're going, it was the same country. So yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, um. Just Tommy, we'll talk about uh our predictions for this season throughout the podcast. Um. And yeah. Well, uh, we're not uh claiming to be gurus uh, of F1, but we'll give our honest opinions and we'll see what happens. So without further ado, let's get into the driver changes for this year. And there's not actually that many of them, is there? No, there's um, not. No. It's, it's as stable as I've seen it for quite some time, actually. And and it's mainly caused to the the big driver merry-go-round at, around the USA Grand Prix last year, where we had the likes of Hartley and, and Gasly coming in for Toro Rosso, and then you had signs moving to Renault. Yeah. So... Um, you know they they're technically new drivers for the start of the season, but um, they they came in towards the end of last year. So first of all, um, Charles Leclerc, I think he's probably the most talked about um, yeah. rookie, and you know he's obviously a Ferrari young driver. People have been talking about him for a couple of years. Um, I, I believe he did ver- fairly well in F two last year. Um, yeah, we only got you only want to dominate the championship. Exactly. So um, you know, um, is he? Mon- he's from Monaco. I didn't yeah, know he that. is. Yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so thoughts about him and and how do you think he'll do with Sauber in his first year? Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him. He, he he's really I, I I don't use this in a light way. He's really the next Bianchi, to be honest, because a he was a really good friend of Bianchi. Um, and B, he was he was just generally really good. You know, obviously he's a Ferrari driver 
and he only had one season in F2, and he absolutely aced that. In the 22 mm. races he had, um, he officially won seven races. Bear in mind, a few of those were actually taken off him, um, but he did get eight poles in the 22 race, obviously, you know. Um, there are only te 11 technical races that he could get pole for, so I have 11 races he got pole for. Um, Toby and... is awfully quiet, apparently. Let's let's turn him up then, cautious Paul. <laughs> He'll blast Toby. his ears now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hello, everyone! <sighs> you hear me now? Um, but yeah. Oh, maybe he meant quiet in terms of you weren't talking. Oh, no, maybe I've messed up the audio. Oh, no. Oh, right, there we go. Oh, right, right, here we go. Here we go. Oh, God. <laughs> Cautious, Paul, you menace. Anyway, you were saying. Right, should we just go again? Um, the clerk, um, I'm really interested to see how he does because he's the biggest um, rookie, I would say, that's coming to F1 since Van Dorn. Um, obviously, Van Dorn won the GP2 or F2 as it is now a few years ago, mm -hmm. um, and he really dominated it. And Leclerc, I think, is the net is the last one to dominate the series. Um, and he won the GP3 Championship in 2016, went straight up to F2 in 2017 and won it. And to go from GP3 um, to F2 is quite a big jump. I mean, you know, the the cars are a little bit better, um, mm -hmm. and the field's a lot better. The GP3 is full of a lot of maniacs, really, um, but F2 is full of. A good field of drivers. I mean, there's a lot of drivers, as we know, that have come up from it. Hamilton, Rosberg. Um, I think those are the only two champions that have come up from GP2. But, you know, you've had Kovalainen, um, Petrov. Maldonado, yeah. Um, but, no, there's been a lot of drivers come through. And Grosjean I, look forward to well, the... I don't know if you mentioned Grosjean. But... Yeah, Grosjean. Um, I'm just interested to see how Leclerc can do. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, coming in, Sauber's going to be a tricky one. I think it's quite good for him, though. You know, yeah, not a lot of expectation. A lot of pressure on him, yeah, exactly. Um, and I hope he does well. Uh, yeah. uh, he seems to be quite a nice guy. I mean, he, he does a lot on social media to interact with his fans, and mm -hmm. can't complain with the guy for that. Yeah, I, I think... Um, I, I just hope that he doesn't fall into the same trap that uh, Pascal Verline did, and, you know, yeah. have, have a... a a pretty mediocre season. I know he scored all of Sauber's points last year, but Verline wasn't really doing much to suggest that he would be a future star um, there. You know, he, I think he had a very good season at Manor, but I don't think Ericsson was that much worse than Verline last year. And I think if Leclerc is similarly mediocre, then, you know, maybe one where we're doing Ericsson down or, or two, maybe he's overhyped. But I, I agree with you. Leclerc's had a, a, a really good run of form sort of coming into F1 and he, he's he's at a lower team. There's not a lot of pressure on. We're, we're pretty much expecting Sauber to be propping up the field. So if he can get a, a point here and there, maybe at his home race in Monaco, then I think that would be really good. And um, it's all about learning the ropes this season and he might well get booted straight into that Ferrari team at the end of the year if, uh, if he has a decent season. So, yeah, we'll just have to see about that one. And, and obviously the other... Uh, new driver or rookie if you like this season is uh sergey sorotkin uh, which has has caused a lot of uproar really t throughout the f1 world but um you know i'm prepared to give him a chance but mm -hmm. uh what do you think about sorotkin and, and i think it's the weakest team partner and on the on the grid perhaps definitely um, yeah. and i used to really support williams um bottas and mass are really good drivers now as you say, they have, I, th I think, not necessarily by far, because we don't know what the clerk's done yet, but I think that Williams have definitely got the weakest team. Mm -hmm. um, he actually he ne actually nearly got a drive in 2014, this rock, and it was just the fact that... Um, it was with Renault, wasn't it? Or was yes. It, yeah. uh, no, it was with Sauber. Oh, was it? Uh, okay. That's yeah, what I know. He got a super licence, but he failed to um, sign a contract in 2015. Okay. With them. Um, he became a development driver for... Renault, if we look at his... Okay, his that's past, where I got finished, that from. He finished third in the 2015 GP2, third in the 2016 GP2, obviously continuing 2015, was dominated by Van Dorn. Um, mm -hmm. And he got three wins in those 44 races. Nothing too brilliant. Um, uh, he's been in it a long time, and it feels like his chance might have just gone a little bit. Um, uh, I don't have brilliantly high hopes for him, but, you know, I guess he can... Do something. I don't really think you can tell, um, and you don't particularly know 
until they've had a chance. I mean, yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, Charles Leclerc's not necessarily had that chance in Formula One, but he's been competing in the junior series compared to F1 recently. But Sorokin hasn't been in that for two years, and it just makes me think with that year out that there's a little bit of worry there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, he should beat Stroll because I'd beat Stroll. So you know, I think it's a big year for Lance Stroll. Like uh, you know, it is. Yeah. Um, he obviously got a lot of stick last season. He got that podium in Baku. And, That's when um, everyone else crashed out. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. Um, but at the end of the day, Maldonado won the Spanish Grand Prix. It, it's crazy things like that do happen. Um, and and it is a big year for Lance because if he gets walked over by Sorokin this year, then you know he's as rubbish as everybody says. But yeah, what I don't get what will happen is if if him and Sorokin are evenly paced then what what do you do because you don't know whether (laughs) yeah they could well both be rubbish but you don't know whether (laughs) Stroll's improved or I don't know uh it's going to be a tough year for for Williams though we might as well do our little predictions about Williams um while we're on the topic I don't think there's much else to say about them um so Lance Stroll where do you think he'll finish this year um, let's say I haven't I haven't actually got a one to twenty for the drivers. I've got a one to ten for the constructors. Um, but let's just say fifteenth and Sorokin seventeenth. Yeah, I went sixteenth and seventeenth for them. So uh, not too high hopes, and I think Williams will will finish ninth in Agreed. the in the constructors Agreed, this yeah. year. Um, yeah. You know, the only thing that I can see perhaps saving them is the fact they've got a Mercedes engine, but I'm not even sure that's going to be enough this year. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, if both I the Sorokin like and Van der like deals went through, imagine yeah, what the lineups could have been now. But yeah. Crazy. I just feel the whole engine thing's a little bit too... Um, the power that Mercedes engine's got now is a, is a lot less compared to what it had um, in comparison to the other teams back in 2014. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. then yeah. Williams were super quick. They weren't so good in the corners, but because they were super quick, they were super fast generally. Um, but I don't think the Mercedes has got that massive pace advantage now. So it, even though they've got a Mercedes engine, they're not going to be um, be getting good results purely based off that. Yeah, to- Tommy's just brought up a very good thing and I was talking to you about just before we went live. He said, if Sorokin just walks over Stroll, people will definitely be questioning his ability and call for Kubica to take his place. I actually think that uh, that's a, a very good shout. I think either of the, the Williams... Uh, <laughs> either of the, I know you're not a fan of Kubica, but um, either of the Williams drivers, I think if they really, really underperform this season, they've obviously got an experienced guy there that can possibly... I don't know, bring them a few extra points, you know, because it could be crucial at the end of the day. We don't know how slow the likes of Toro Rosso, maybe even McLaren are going to be this season, whether Williams are going to be in that fight yet. We we really don't know at this stage. So I think that's going to be very interesting. And I think Kubica's not going to go down quietly this season, to say the least. Mm. I don't think the stories are going to go away. As, as much as you don't rate him, um, or his chances are, you know, he's he's got a lot of publicity. <laughs> it's it's as simple as that, really. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just think that, as you say, um, I think that the both the Williams drives are under pressure, and I think we were talking about this um, the other day. I think that Williams will be will dissolve within the next five or ten years because what have they really done in the two thousands? I mean, they had. They had Montoya, didn't they, for those few years where they won a few races. Um, they won the race with Maldonado, which was a fluke, really. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. They had 2014, which was a good season, but really they should have won two races and didn't. It just feels like this century, it's been a lot of um, shoulda, woulda, coulda, if you like, with um, mm-hmm. Williams. They've had the potential, but they've never done it. And I just feel that they're not the best financially backed team. And if they keep stooping to these bad levels, I mean, last year they didn't do too brilliantly, did they? Um, and now they've lost mass, so it just kind of feels like they've gone to a little bit of a... And I want to say it, they're a bit like Sauber, aren't they, really? You know, to, for such an established team in F1 to have the second um, worst, and arguably the worst, if we look at um, if Leclerc and Ericsson performed, to have the worst drive lineups a bit 
disgusting, really, for mm. a team heritage. Mm. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think Williams will be gone in the next five to ten years, unless they get bought out by the likes of a uh, Aston Martin or something. Yeah. Just like Alfa Romeo have took over Sauber. Uh, I think that's sort of secured their fu- mm. short-term future. Um, yeah. But yeah, Even though it's I, you know, Martini are pulling out at the end of the year, which is their big sponsor, that's their big title sponsor. And that is a, a huge blow to them because they were part of the, the 2014 rebrand of Williams that, you know, brought them back to the front at the end of the yeah. day. Um, and, you know, how long before Mercedes don't want to supply engines to a, a backmarker team? You know, like, I'm sure there's a there's a couple, if not three, teams on the grid that would love a Mercedes engine right now yeah. and, you know, would be willing to pay a lot more than Williams can pay for it. So... You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that I think that just about sums up Williams. I don't think we'll talk about them anymore tonight. Uh, we've went on for for quite a while. Uh, so that's well, the, the new drivers. Um, we'll just quickly go um, to the the new circuits on the calendar or the return yeah. of old circuits. There's 21 races this year. Obviously, uh, Malaysia is no longer on the calendar, which. You know, I don't think either of us are particularly bothered about. A bit sad. I did like the circuit. I wasn't too bothered about it, but I did like the circuit to drive. So, <laughs> put it this way: um, there were a lot worse circuits that could have gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's all to do with the lack of fans turning up to, yeah. oh, to yeah. these events. <laughs> you know, in yeah. the in the Far East, it's it's not. It's not popular at all, you know. I think Singapore's probably the only one that actually pulls in the fans, and that's mainly because Singapore is uh, put on like a, a massive concert and stuff, just like America have started doing. Um, uh, obviously, I think Japan's quite popular because they're they're very into the the motorsport, aren't they? But they, you know, the likes of China. Um, obviously, we've seen it with Korea, India, all of these sort of um eastern countries uh or asian countries i should say uh um don't seem to be able to bring the the fans in i don't yeah. really know why that that's a that's the case but it is um but on the calendar this year we've uh, got the introduction of or the reintroduction of the french grand prix and that's going to be on the 24th of june the eighth um stop of the year just after canada and uh, just before the Austrian Grand Prix, it's going to be part of a back-to-back-to-back spell yeah. in the uh, calendar where we've got the French, Austrian, then the British Grand Prix, uh, which is going to be a bit of a strain on the teams and probably the car's reliability as well. Um, you know, obviously not getting everything fully fixed. If motorsport managers anything to go by. Very <laughs> um, <I> realistic. <laughs> so, so that comes back. And also the German Grand Prix at uh, Hockenheim, um, which will inevitably be off again next year. Uh, and what else have we got? Is there, is there any any others in there? I don't just that just that Baku and Russia have swapped places, really. Yeah. Uh, so so Baku is fourth on the calendar now, rather than eighth where Fr- France were. And the Russian Grand Prix moved well into the back end of the season. It's it's a weird one because we sort of have the end of the European season in Italy, then we have Singapore, then we're back to Europe with Russia. So, mm. you know, strange, but... Could have done that a little bit better, couldn't we? Yeah, and then maybe, maybe have Russia before Singapore, Singapore or something, yeah. you know. But that's the way it goes. We, we don't organise the F1 calendar. Um, so... That's that's the calendar. Twenty one races, only three engines this year to go between those races. Stupid. Um, Stupid. Obviously, there was there was four between each team last season, and the last time we had a twenty one race calendar, I think there was eight engines you could have. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a tight squeeze, especially for Renault and Honda. I would say Ferrari and Mercedes should probably be fine. Yeah, but I think the other two engine suppliers are going to really struggle with that. Um, <laughs> so we're going to have 105 players grid penalties once again. Although apparently they've been taken out, and as soon as you've yeah. reached the limit of the the grid, you you just sort of start at the back. Um, She's the best thing to do. Yeah, rather than you know meaningless 105 players grid penalties. Yeah. Um, 
so that's that. We didn't want to dwell too much on the calendar and rule changes and stuff, but we will have a little chat about the Halo. You know, everybody's been talking about it, but I'm not particularly bothered about it. I I don't think it should be on the car. I think it's a bit overkill, and I think it looks ugly, but yeah, I don't think it's going to affect Formula 1. I think it's got much bigger problems than... Yeah, it just, it, just, it just looks absolutely stupid that it's not needed. I mm-hmm. mean, it hasn't been like that for 68 years. And as Jose Mourinho said in an interview the other day, you know, football heritage, well, a little bit like the same back <laughs> one heritage, really. If you if you don't have a halo on the car for 67 years, don't introduce it now. Mm-hmm. Um, fair enough, you know. But I think there were better options. That aero screen. Um, yeah, they just couldn't get it to pass the crash test, though, could they? Mm. I think that was the problem. I, the Halo, I don't think anybody wanted that as their first choice. I think it was just something that they needed to get something in for this season because they'd all agreed to, and the Halo was the only thing that was actually safe enough to put on the car. So, yeah. um, you know, hopefully in the next three, four years, they'll find another solution to it i mean there's talk of it becoming a closed cockpit eventually which surely won't happen but i don't think we seriously thought the halo would happen to be perfectly honest with you and i I think we all thought that maybe we'd have changed back from the v6 engines back to v8s by now but i think formula one's just shown that it is moving on now it's it's not as as you say it's not sort of adhering to the the heritage of Formula One, it's 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 trying to move into something different, which is, you know, something it needs to do. In my opinion, yeah. we were talking before about the future of F1, um, and we've spoke at length at how we don't think it's going to last much longer in its current state. So, I, I don't know. Um, obviously, we've got this golden generation of drivers, and once they're gone, who's going to bring people back? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Is it going to be the likes of Leclerc? Um, yeah, just Tommy talking about the flip flops, <laughs> like you were yeah. the flip flop company. Um, that, that's hilarious. McLaren of, I don't know. You know it better than me, so you should probably say it. But yeah, they've uh, agreed the sponsorship deal with a flip flop company, haven't they? I think that's brilliant. Um, put the sponsor in the halo. But you were saying before the stream, it's quite an interesting idea. Um, that they ought to make the colours of the halo the same colour as the helmet, which I yeah. think really because not only yes it does stand out slightly, but then it doesn't look so stupid um, because there's actually a meaningful sense for it being there. Um, so whether it had got you know the driver's nationality on it blended in or the helmet colours or something that you recognise the driver, because I think that's a massive thing. Um, a on telly and B at the circuit as well. Mm. If you don't know who's behind that. <clears throat> Um, helmet, you lose the sense of not immersion because obviously it's real, but um, you lose a bit of a sense of the relationship between a spectator mm-hmm. and a driver. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it does; it never really seems to be so real then. But yeah, I, I, it's an interesting one, the Halo, and I'm sure there will be measures that change throughout the season. It's not going to survive in its current state. I think there are going to be certain things that are changed, tweaked, which is inevitable with most changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, It'll just be interesting to see how it goes, but I'm not bothered too much. I've, I've, I can live with it, but it's just a shame that it has to come to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which, is, which is the same for a lot of things in this world in the modern day. But, yeah. yeah, no, I hear you on that. Um, another solution, uh, the colours of the Halo could just literally be having two colours, one for the first driver and one for the second driver. But then what do you do in, in Red Bull and stuff where they're not <laughs> meant to have... Oh no, no. equality, yes, yes, yes. Um, multi-two-one and all of that, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that that brings us on to something um, like testing. You know, um, uh, the big talking point at the start of testing was this introduction of the halo, and and obviously, I think after the the two weeks of testing, nobody was really talking about the halo anymore. Um, and I think that's what will happen, you know, after the first few races. But, uh, yeah, testing, you know, not much can be read from it, but a couple of big stories from it, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Do you have any strong opinions about testing or 
Um, a little bit worrying with McLaren, but... you know, seeing yeah. it's McLaren's fault and not Honda. Um, mm. Good to see that Haas are doing well. Um, yeah, that that's something I definitely wanted to talk about. And um, if we talk about Haas, then it'd be interesting to see where you put them in your constructors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, should we just go straight off the ball with that? Where have you put them in your constructors? Yeah, uh, well, uh, <laughs> I haven't, still haven't done the mock-up of the constructors. But oh. drivers-wise... Grosjean and Magnussen only make up 13th and 14th on my driver's table, which I know is very low, but I literally couldn't fit them above any of the people I've got above them. You know, I think they're going to score a lot of points, but I think that the midfield is going to be very, very close this year. And I also think that a couple of the older drivers might drop down in the top 10 a little bit. But, um, yeah, so... By that rating, then I've got Haas as sort of seventh, really. Um, you know, I, d- I don't see them getting any higher. It d- really depends on how good that car actually is. You know, in testing, if you guys don't know, uh, Ferrari set the fastest time in testing, which was, I think, a 17-1 or something like that, which is yeah, insanely right. quicker than last year's poll time, by the way. Um yeah which is is crazy how much in the space of what nine months how much the cars have improved but um Haas were were only uh sort of a second behind that but they were on the super soft tires as opposed to the hyper soft now um Mm. there's meant to be a bit of a time lag of about a second just over a second on that so that that kind of places Haas with Ferrari um, you know, if you if you look at it that way, but obviously testing, you you can't really look at it that way. But no. certainly a, an impressive showing from them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it'll be interesting because I think the last couple of years they've they've been generally very good starters to the season. Yeah, they have. Yeah. You know, Grosjean finished sixth on their debut, so they, I think they'll get off to a good start. It's going to be interesting to see if they can develop the car, but. Uh, no matter how fast they are, I think other teams are just as fast. So I think it's going to be, yeah. it's it's going to be interesting to say the least. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Where do you predict them to be? I think they're going to be sixth. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm not going to say where anybody else is, but I'm just going to say sixth. So yeah. What about the drivers? Do you reckon um, any will sneak into the top ten or? I think Grosjean will perform better than Magnussen. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Just by the fact that Grosjean's got the, the... He's got the more of a chance of scoring bigger results. I don't say that Magnussen's not a bad driver, because I don't think he is. Um, uh-huh. I just think that Magnussen is more prone to get involved in accidents, potentially, which may lose him points. Um, but I think they've got a really good driver lineup there, and I think it's really underrated. So I hope they do well. So let's put Magnussen, say, 13th and Grosjean 11th, just outside that top 10. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I, as I said, I've got them 13th and 14th. So it's not too dissimilar. I'm assuming one of my teams that I've got up there, you've got uh, a little bit lower. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I guess, you know, another talking point of testing was how reliable the Honda engine was. Um, mm. And apparently they only used one engine in that second week of testing. So basically sticking a, a finger up to McLaren, basically, uh, yeah. was what they were doing that week. Um just and on that. You are? Just on that week. Yeah. No, no, just just on that week. You know, the first week they, they were all right, but, you know, nobody was particularly talking about Honda that week until sort of the second week where it was farcical how many errors or failures uh, McLaren were having. Yeah. Um, so Toro Rosso, we'll, we'll talk about them briefly. Obviously, the driver lineup is a little bit questionable. Um, it's probably the weakest Toro Rosso lineup for quite some time, in my opinion. You know, they've always, I mean, Gasly has been tipped for for some sort of greatness, but I don't think Gasly's as good as signs. So that that's sure. that's my reasoning for saying that it's a weaker lineup because I mm. think even when they had. Um, Kvyat and uh, Verne, I think that was a stronger lineup, um, and and obviously they had Ricardo before that, and yeah, it's it's a long time since Toro Rosso haven't really had a tipped uh, world champion at the team. Um, I don't think Gasly's quite that yet, especially after the end of the season where he didn't really do mm. that 
well. And then obviously you've got Brendan Hartley, which, you know, fair play to the guy. He's come into the sport at, what is he, 28 or 29? Yeah. Um, He was dropped by Red Bull years and years and years ago. And because they seemingly have run out of young drivers and loaned uh, signs away to Renault, they've now got um, Brendan Hartley, the New Zealander, I don't know what your opinions are of him are. I think he's a solid guy, but he's not going to be a future Red Bull driver, is he? You know, um, Brendan Hartley's a really good driver. Um, he's a Formula One winner, I want to say. Um, you reckon? Yeah, he won last year, yeah. Oh, Le Mans. I thought you said a Formula One winner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was like, uh, oh, that's an interesting yeah. opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's, had, he's had a lot of World Endurance Championship um, experience, which tends itself to be um, experience, calmness, which is needed yeah. for the day. Um, and I think that, as you say, he's going to be a reliable head um, and will score consistent points, which arguably... Is something that Toro Rosso needs. You know, Gasly might a little bit, a bit more, you know, aggressive and dramatic, um, and they might just need someone who's a little bit more, mm. less hot-headed, maybe, mm. and uh, that sort of thing. But um, yeah. Um, yeah, for Toro Rosso, I'm going to put, and this is just because they fit in here. Gasly, I feel like he's not going to have such a good season. He's going to finish in 18th. That mm. might, I might put him put Sorokin and Stroll, but I think Hartley will finish 15th. If we so look you think off. Hartley's going to beat Gasly? Yeah. Interesting. You know, yeah. like, I, I want Hartley to impress. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I want him to do well. I think he's a likeable guy. Um, and I think, I, I agree with you. I think it's the sort of thing Toro Rosso need, especially with them being with Honda. They need somebody that's not going to get up themselves and somebody that's just really grateful to be in that seat. A bit like a Julian Palmer, if you like. You know, yeah. from from Renault the last couple of years, I think his role in the the rise of Renault is a bit understated. Um, you know, he, he was a solid guy for a couple of years. You know, he didn't really get the results the likes of Hulkenberg was getting, but yeah, he did all right against Magnussen. Um, but yeah, uh, I've got Gasly in fifteenth, and I've mm. got Hartley in eighteenth, just because so, I think, so. uh, just because I think. Toro Rosso's reliability will be questionable at best, mm. and I think the pace of the car will be way down on where it should be. So, um, where are you going for them in the constructors? Uh, it's yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. so ju- just above Williams, I think. Yeah, and um, same. Sleep. Yeah, and and and, and Sauber. <laughs> so, so yeah, I've got um, I've got Toro Rosso in in eighth this season, but it could be interchangeable with Williams. It really depends who yeah. gets the the. The, the good points when the, there's an opportunity yeah, exactly. to grab them. Uh, so that's Toro Rosso done. Um, and now I guess we can probably um, quickly talk about Sauber. I know we, we talked about Leclerc before, but we, we haven't really talked about Ericsson and, and Sauber rebranded as Alpha, Alpha Romeo Sauber, and they are officially Ferrari's B team this year. So mm. are, are they... Or is Haas still the B team? I don't know. Maybe Ferrari's C team, or Tennis. young team. You, young yeah. team, I think, is what you call it. I think I think yeah. Haas are the B team, so to speak. But uh, Alfa Romeo are the the young driver team, like the Toro yeah. Rosso are to to Red Bull. Um, so that's that's obviously bringing in a, a bit of money, but it is going to take two or three seasons to to turn them yeah. around from where they are. They're just too far behind the pack. Um, yeah. I think a positive thing this year is that they've got the the this year's Ferrari engine inside them, so that should give them at least a, a second, second and a half, you would think, over last year's car. But then you see how much people have improved, and I think they're still going to be at the back of the grid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Opinions on Ericsson? Um, he's never done brilliantly, but then I don't think he's ever been given the chance. Mm. I mean, so, he's only he's only drove for Caterham and um, Sauber. Uh, you know, yeah. he did all right at Caterham. I think he got a couple of 11th place finishes, which for Caterham is, is the best they ever got. So, yeah. you know, um, or 12th or whatever. Um, mm. 
I just think, yeah, I just don't think you can judge him really. Yeah, you know, he scored points when he had a car that could score points. So he's solid, isn't he? You know, he's he's a yeah. he's he's gonna give them good feedback, you imagine, and he'll he's another guy that's genuinely um, appreciative of of his seat, and I think he'll have another solid season this year. But yeah. um, I've got him predicted to be. Nineteenth uh, in the con- uh, in the in the champ. Oh, ho- hold on, no twentieth. I I do back Leclerc to beat Ericsson. Yeah, um, same. Yeah. And that's just a typo. So <laughs> yeah, I think Ericsson will finish bottom of the finishers this year, whether that be twentieth or um, you know, a bit higher if uh, the likes of Stroll or Sorotkin or Hartley get booted. Um, and then he might finish above them, but I, I, I see another pointless year for Sauber actually. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that that's four teams down, I think now. So uh, we're starting yeah. to work our way up the grids slowly but surely. Uh, the next one, Force India. They're they're very understated, is what I'm going to say in testing. Nobody's really noticed them go. We don't know whether they're fast or slow or somewhere in between no one force india though they'll probably put something half decent together they've finished fourth the last two years in the in the constructors which is a phenomenal achievement yeah uh, and they're still in the process of a, a name change i believe so mm. you know if you're watching this in the future and it's force one then that's who we're talking about um but they've got one of the stronger driver lineups on the grid uh for where they are you know perez and ocon um, I don't know. How do you feel they're going to do this year? Um, I would go seventh. I always underestimate Force India, but I feel like this year is going to be the year that they bubble a little bit because there's just six teams. Maybe not Haas, actually. Maybe Haas might be below them, but I feel like there's the five teams that will beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, they keep crashing into each other. They keep doing that again. It won't be nice... <laughs> Um, but mm-hmm. Perez, I predicted tenth in the championship, um, and Ocon quite a way behind to make the points thing work with Grosjean eleventh, Magnussen thirteenth, um, in twelfth. Mhm. Um. Yeah. No, I think that's uh, that's fair enough. Uh, I think Force India will finish fifth, uh, not fifth, sixth this year. Mm. Um. Yeah. Simply because I think. A certain driver above them will score a lot more points than them, even though they'll beat another member of their team. <laughs> but, yeah, I've got them both to finish in the top ten, actually. I, th- I think Ocon will, will outperform Perez. Just. I'd like to say that. Because I yeah. think Ocon had a really good year last year, and I think he's got a it's year been... under his belt now. Yeah. I think coming into this year, people are looking at him now to, to actually step up and beat Perez. Um yeah. So I, I think ninth and 10th for Force India this year. But it, it is going to be very, very close in sort of from my, I'm going to say 8th all the way down to 14th, I think is going to be yeah. very close. And one result could change all of that. You know, somebody sneaks a podium, probably Perez, and and all of that changes. Oh, so, geez. you know, that's the way that goes. Uh, what about um, Renault? Renault are the next people I think are suitable to talk about. Obviously, yeah. big expectations for the for them this year. It's their third year back as a full manufacturer. Um, obviously, last year they finished with they say the fourth best car. I think nobody will really argue with that. Looking at the results of the the last few races, and they've got again one of the the stronger lineups on the grid. But I think everybody has this year. I think everybody except. Maybe Williams, Toro Rosso, arguably Sauber. I think everybody has a really strong lineup, yeah, and yeah. Um, you know, a team that can maximise points. Um, I think uh, I, I th- Hulkenberg and Science is going to be one of the key battles this season. I think Science will beat him. I mean, you think that Science will beat that. him because uh, he, Science he, he, will... may, he may well do. The underrated science will show how overrated the underrated Hulkenberg is. Well, there you go. There you go. Um, 
I don't know. How do you think Renault will do this year? Just sort of generally uh, as a team. Do you think they'll be fast or? Yeah, just a side note on Hulkenberg. He's bloody good in the wet, though. He was impressive at Silverstone in the wet. But um, fifth place, I've put Renault. Uh, mm-hmm. They're going to have a really solid season. Haven't got the best engine. Haven't got the best car. But they're a manufacturer team. Everything marries up together quite well. Um, and I think they'll be always in the hunt. You know, always that team fighting for Q3. Will be consistently in there. Uh, might pull some strings sometimes. I've got my Sainz ninth in the championship um, with Hulkenberg 14th. Mm. No, I think that's a bit of personal beef going on with you there. Oh, no, um, not at all. It's not that I don't like Hulkenberg. Um, it's just he's always been a bit unlucky, hasn't he? I think yeah. generally in his career. Um, and I just think Sainz is a really, really solid driver. And Sainz is good as Verstappen. Um, yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, but I think Hulkenberg is another Hulkenberg. one of those guys that can string off a few really good results, you know, like that year where he was at Sauber and he just kept pulling out fourth places. Like, yeah. you know, he's unlucky in the fact that he'll never get on the podium probably, but um, he's, he's the type of guy that I think I would have in my dream team, actually, because I think he'll always be consistent. And I think that's that's a, an underrated value for... Mm, this yeah. year, especially when I think it's going to be so close. That's why I've gone in eighth, which I think is a bit lofty, but I, I think his consistency will shine through. I mm. think if Renault can be reliable, then they're more than capable of doing that. And I've actually got Science 11th, and that is, you know, low for him. I agree, but I think the Force Indias will be better at picking up points than Science. I don't think Science has ever really proven to be a. Uh, a consistent racer. Um, Look, you know. if, if we, like you said earlier, with one good result and one bad result from 7th, yeah. 14th, 15th, can always be flipped. 100%, so yeah. We're all just saying things for predictions, sake, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I agree what you're saying about science, but then he's never really been anywhere but Toro Rosso. Yeah, Toro, I, I agree so, with that, yeah. Toro Rosso aren't really, aren't really supposed to perform, mm-hmm. are they? Mm-hmm. It sounds silly, but they're not supposed to be a big team. Um, whereas Renault, I think he's made the completely right move by going to Renault. Yeah. Um, and I've and got a really strong lineup now, and mm-hmm. I, I wish the best for them this season. Yeah. They're a nice team, you know. The um, formerly Lotus, and I can get behind that. You know, Lotus was my favourite team that they were in it. Um, maybe not when Maldonado was there, but you know. But um, yeah, it's 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 quite a big year for Renault because it'll be their third year. Third year, yeah. Mm-hmm. Twenty sixteen was kind of meant to be the one, but we overtook loads and loads were terrible. So you know, forgive us. Twenty seventeen was meant to be the one that. We're a bit better this year. We're not meant to be fantastic. But I think this year's the third one that they're going, look, we're setting out something here and we're going to be good this year. So Yeah. I th- they're still a- sort of playing down the, the idea of winning races and stuff. They still think 2019, 2020 is going to be their time to fight for at the front. But I think they might be looking to sneak a podium this year. Yeah. Um, and I think they're more than capable of doing that. And it would be nice to see them do it maybe at the French Grand Prix. Um, or maybe Hulkenberg at the German Grand Prix, or, or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I've got Renault to finish fifth as well. I think I don't think there's much argument about that. Um, but the next team, I, I think we should talk about Mercedes, actually, because I don't, I don't think we'll have much to say about them. Obviously, another year they go in as the favourites. They're the four-time back-to-back world champions. Uh, Hamilton and Bottas, a, 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 you know, a, a very good driver lineup. Not the best on the on the grid, in my opinion. But um, yeah, Second I think I think uh, I think Hamilton is is still the favourite to win the championship. Um, and Mercedes have probably still got the best car. You know, they they didn't even touch the Hypersofts uh, over the the testing period so i think they're confident about the car and uh, they they got tons and tons of laps on the board as did ferrari um but yeah what what do you pr- predict for mercedes as you say pretty simple first the runaway of it this year and i think hamilton bottas will be the top two um we've hamilton most likely been first but then it's a big year for bottas to see if he can take mm-hmm. it to hamilton uh, i've actually went hamilton to win it um you know, I think I don't think many people will argue with that. Yeah. But I've got Bottas down in fifth. Now I I don't think he'll be a wayward fifth. 
I don't think he'll be sort of hundreds of points away, but I think I think there's going to be three drivers that actually outperform him this season. And, and I'll get to that when we talk about other teams. Mm-hmm. But uh, Bottas, I think, is going to be close to second, but not finishing second. That's simply yeah. because I don't think he's going to win as many races as the people above him. So that's why yeah. I went there. Uh, but Mercedes to absolutely dominate the championship. Um, and Hamilton probably to win double figures races. Yeah. You know, it, it really depends on how good Ferrari are. Anyway, uh, next team, shall we talk about Ferrari? I think not much to really say about them either. Tons of laps in testing, obviously set the fastest time in testing. Um, Kimi Raikkonen, last year in Formula 1? Nah! Nah, 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 nah. Don't you dare say that to me. (laughs) Don't say that. Yes. Yeah. I I, I think the time has come, especially if, say, a Haas has a very good year and you know either Grosjean or Magnussen do very very well this year I think they could be bumped up equally if Leclerc does well or Sainz you know I think any of those really could go in there maybe Ricardo um I just think there's going to be too many options for Ferrari this year and Kimi Raikkonen will probably jump before he's pushed a bit like the Massa situation um I, d- I doubt he'll cling on until the end of the year to find out who he's going to race for. And I don't think he's going to go to another team <laughs> uh, unless he fancies Williams. But uh, no, we haven't talked about McLaren. Uh, we've got a Kimmy fanboy in the in the chat. I'm sure he'll... he'll... Not too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, predictions, Ferrari. Or unless you have anything else to say about them, of course. Fourth. Hmm. Interesting. I just feel like they're going to bottle it this year, um, and do it royally. And I feel like Vettel's going to have a really bad year. I don't know why, but it's just an instinct. So this, I know it's going to be wrong, but what's the fun in predicting if you don't get it wrong? Mm-hmm. Vettel's going to finish seventh, and Raikkonen's going to finish sixth. <laughs> interesting. Um, I I've went Ferrari to finish third. Um. I think Vettel will finish second. Okay. Um, That's a fair comment. You know, I think I think Vettel... I don't think he'll have the best year, but I think he'll win races, and I think that's, that's going to propel him up a little bit more than he perhaps should be. And I've gone Raikkonen seventh, and that's not down to Raikkonen being terrible this year, but I think the, the six I have above him are going to be more consistent than Raikkonen. I think Raikkonen's consistency has gone a little bit over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's always going to qualify well, and he does get podiums here and there, but I think the, the ones above him will get more. <sighs> anyway, second last team, Red Bull. <laughs> Go for it, Red Bull. Um, again, not much to be said about testing. Uh, a lot no. of the teams were very quiet in testing this year. Red Bull um, obviously have had the, the whole excuse about Renault the last few years and not being as quick as Mercedes. And we know they're not as quick as Mercedes, but I think they're there or thereabouts now. And Red Bull obviously had a very good end of the season. They probably finished with the second best car, didn't they? So yeah. I don't think there's any excuses for Red Bull not to perform no. this year. Especially with their driver lineup, arguably yeah. the strongest on the grid, um, and I think it's a big year for both of them drivers. I think you know Verstappen needs to live up to his hype. I'm not saying he hasn't lived up to his hype. I'm just saying people are talking about him as a serious dominator of Formula One in the future. He needs to show that he's better than Ricardo this year. I think if there's any doubt about that at the end of the season, then you know he hasn't had as good a year as he could have. Uh, And equally, it's a massive year for Ricardo. Yeah. You know, I think he needs to prove that he's good. (laughs) So, I don't know. Have you got any thoughts about Red Bull that you Um, want to talk about? Either the drivers? Big crucial thing outside the drivers is that Adrian Newey's actually now officially left. Okay. Um, I didn't know that. As the technical guy. So, 
I think he was a massive influence. I think Christian Horner's a good, really good team principal, but to be honest, you can't just have a good team principal. But the drivers are really good. Um, I think Verstappen will beat Ricardo this year. I think Ricardo's another one of those who's just been really unlucky, hence why I think he'll finish eighth, um, <laughs> whereas Verstappen will finish fourth. Um, Interesting. And I just think, like you say, I think that the, the top eight, maybe discarding Hamilton, will be very close. Mm-hmm. It's just where those drivers fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might be a top six if McLaren screw up, but I certainly don't think they will, obviously. Um, but I've kind of gathered that by the, the missing two numbers in your prediction. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I won't tell you what I think Red, Red Bull are going to finish, nor McLaren. Um, but, yeah, um, I just think it's a very big year for Red Bull. I mean, they haven't won a race since... Did, it, did they win a race last year? Who, Red Bull? Yeah, they won... Yeah. Three, I think. Verstappen won two, and I think Ricardo won one. Jesus Christ. Verstappen won Mexico. That, Ricardo won Baku. Right. Yeah, I don't know that's what right. Oh, God. Yeah, that feels like an absolute age ago. But, all right. They haven't won a championship since 2013. We can confirm that one. Um, but then again, neither has anybody else. So. Also, Ricardo won three races in 2014. So. <laughs> Let's just scrap I ever said that. Um,. No, Red Bull kind of need to show they're better than Renault, really, this year, because if Renault are better than Red Bull, then that's a bit of a, oh, dear, you know, we need to get to somebody else. And the big thing with Red Bull is um, is that they are actually, they have, like, a conditional offer to get to Honda next year. Yeah, um, I, I believe that they'll make a decision on that in around May, which isn't a lot of time, but they should at least see where Honda's performance is at the start of the season, so... Mm. And it's a big year for their decision, um, whether they're going to get Honda. But, yeah, it's a big season for them. Kimi to return to McLaren in 2019. That would be class. But I don't think... Uh, I, I think it'll be Lando Norris, the next guy in there. I think they're going to try and go for a Hamilton thing with him. Um, yeah, I've got Ricardo to finish third. Oh. Because more often than not the last few years, he's actually finished third, you know? Um, <laughs> and I think that's testament to how consistent Ricardo is you know I, I you know probably over one lap maybe in a race Verstappen shades him you know but yeah I think Ricardo is still more experienced and I think I think he will outperform Verstappen this year I think Verstappen has a knack for spitting out his dummy sometimes and going through a rut you know Monaco he's never particularly good at he'll inevitably crash about 500 times over the Monaco weekend. So I, yeah. but I've gone to finish fourth. I think it's going to be very close between the Red Bulls and there'll be, I think, at least a win each for them, if not a couple. Um, and it is, it, as you say, it's it's time for them to, to really show that they are better than Renault and, um, and compete with Mercedes and Ferrari for the title. So, um, that brings us on to the last team in the list, which is the big talking point going into this weekend, I think. I don't think anybody else really comes close to the discussion point of McLaren. Um, You know, they've obviously had such troubles the last few years. And since 2013, to be quite honest with you, they haven't been themselves. Where's he going? Is he getting Jensen Button stuff? (laughs) <laughs> um, they haven't won a race since 2012 Brazil with Jensen Button they ended 2012 with the best car um, and somehow went into 2013 with Perez and Button and didn't quite have the performance did they um, I'm just talking because I don't know where Toby's gone um, you know we went into 2014 they had probably the second best car at the start of the season uh, Magnussen and Button finishing on the podium in the first race in Australia, and they had the the uh... oh look at this what, what's going on? Hey, there you go, there you go. Where's his glasses? Were you always wearing glasses? No, <laughs> I don't. I don't wear glasses. I just thought, why not? <laughs> Genuinely, why not? Um, I don't know if you've heard what I've been saying, but uh... yeah. Yeah, you know, the the last three years, nobody really needs talking to about that. They've been 
back markers to say the least. Yeah. Uh, they've obviously improved throughout the seasons, but they've not been in a position to compete. And this year they've switched to Renault, and they're apparently going to be good. And you seem to believe it. But testing was all about McLaren and their problems, and Boulier has come out and said that they're fixed. And, and Toby agrees. I don't know, what, what are your thoughts on McLaren and, and how big a year this is for them? This is the biggest year McLaren have had since 2007. Um, it's the biggest year they've had because since 2012, as you say, I heard before, you know, they had, they'd got a really good car then. Ever since then, the only podium they had was in 2014 at the Australian Grand Prix when they're all like, oh, now it's going to finish because, you know, it's not that unreliable. Um, and Hamilton nor Vettel did finish, I don't think. Um, but it's a massive year for McLaren. Obviously, the, is it Honda on that side? I think it is. Um, the Honda days are gone. We're now entering a new era of Renault. Um, they will be the lead Renault team for this year which kind of forms where they're going to finish in the constructors. Um, <laughs> Alonso will finish third in the championship. Van Dorn will finish fifth. Um, they have the best driver lineup. Alonso is the best driver in F1. Who did you say was going to finish? Oh, yeah, you said Boas was going to finish second. Yeah, yeah. sorry. <laughs> um, I, I just... I, this is more my hope in my heart than what happened in my head. In my head, they're going to finish fourth or maybe even fifth. But... I really hope, after the crap that McLaren have had and Alonso's had and all the teams had, mm-hmm. they deserve it. Um, mm-hmm. And McLaren aren't a team like Williams. McLaren are a team that have stuck to their guns in some ways all the way through. They're, no, they've never... All right, Alonso's had a bit of a moan, but the likes of Eric Boulier's never particularly moaned. Um, and they've got through it. And I just hope now they do something good. And this year, you know, Alonso and Van Dorn deserve something that's really good and I think if that car is to the full potential what I'm saying the maximum they will get is second they won't beat Mercedes but if they could get up to second that would be fantastic and I just hope it's another 2009 and the field is completely shook up because that's what F1 needs mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. but you don't get that unless you've got a major rule change unfortunately mm-hmm. and and you know they they've they've remained fairly stable from last year um the rules and i personally think it's a year too soon for mclaren i think it's going to be very much a transitional year i think they could very well have the second best car by the end of the year but i think at the start they're going to be fighting with renault and force india and myself mm. um I think Alonso's going to finish 6th, and you're going to hate this one, but I think Van Dorn's going to finish 12th. <laughs> now, that is, <laughs> that's low. It is very low. It is, it is low. How dare you? But it's, 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 again, it's in that sort of bracket where I think it's going to be very close. I think Alonso will only finish 6th because I think he'll win a race, and I think it'll be... Spain. And I think Alonso will get big points week in, week out, and I think he'll outperform that McLaren car. That's why I've got Van Dorn 12th, because I don't think McLaren are going to be that good. They're going to finish 4th in the Constructors, I think, just behind sort of, well, I think they're going to finish in no man's land between Renault and uh, Ferrari, yeah, and you know, um, I think I think Alonso will um, bring in a, a well over a hundred points, maybe even sneak into two hundred. Um, I think Van Dorn will, will will be in in double figures rather than triple figures, and I think he'll be f- fighting with the likes of Sainz, Perez, Ocon, Hulkenberg, Raikkonen for for those of the positions um uh, but i think it's all down to the fact that i think it's going to be very close between these teams and uh yeah uh, that's the the one that i'm a bit well van don could go and yeah, finish second it could now, be but... anywhere couldn't it i mean we know the kind of basis of where <clears throat> these teams are going to finish but there's going to be up and downs and mm-hmm. 
I mean, there might be a surprise, you know, if if Haas come out and outperform Ferrari at at the weekend, you know, like it completely turns everything upside down because that's another team in the mix, and and that's 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 big. Um, Which brings on to the weekend as well. Yeah, the Australian Grand Prix this weekend. Now, by no means do we think that the 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 championship predictions are going to reflect what's going to happen this weekend. Okay. It, it traditionally is quite a crazy race, the first one of the season. Yeah, and and you tend to get some surprises in there, such as Felipe Nasa finishing fifth uh, mm. back in 2015, I think. Um, you know, and, and reliability will be a problem. So, top three for the weekend, Toby. Putting you on the spot. Hmm. I'm going to say there's going to be three different teams on the podium. Interesting. I'm going to go Lewis at the top. I don't really think that's going to be one that's under too much discussion. Um, Lewis at the top, Max second, and Seb third. I actually think Vettel's going to win at the weekend. Yeah, he definitely could do. I mean, um, I think Hamilton will finish third. I don't know why. Hopefully he didn't, yes, but you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I think, what am I going to go for? I'm going to go Ricardo second, the fairy tale. I'd like to see him on the podium in, and then get in Australia and then get disqualified. And, <laughs> and it'll actually be uh, it'll actually be Magnussen that finishes third. Um, no, and yeah, that's what I'm going to go for a top three. Um, and I think the biggest scorers are going to be Red Bull from the weekend because I think Verstappen will finish fourth so yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah uh, I mean we can talk about changes such as uh, grid girls and stuff briefly if you want um, I know you've got fairly strong opinions on some of the the more outside things uh, that have happened because of Liberty Media so do you want to chat about them for a little um, bit I think we'll keep it quick we'll get more okay. into depth um, in other podcasts, I think there's there's quite a big issue surrounding the grid girls thing. I think uh, yeah, I agree with that. It, it's all nice that they've given kids the opportunity for for a, a very you know for a very hefty sum you can be a grid kid, um, which is questionable. But at the end of the day, these people on the grid weren't naked; they weren't being exploited, um, and for the large majority of these people that it was their careers mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know they were earning a decent amount from it they managed to, you know they had really the best job in the world you know they, they managed to go traveling every year i don't know why i'm flinging me glasses around i'll have to put them down um but uh, i just i just feel like that mm, i just feel it's a bit silly and it, it's one of them things like i say with a halo it's it's over the top and it's something that we can talk about in another podcast but mm-hmm. It's it's one of those silly, you know, political correctness, society change, nonsense mm-hmm. things. And it's not nice, but it's happened now. And I just think, you know, it's it's fair enough. I, I, I can get why they've done it, but I just don't think it's... not. I wouldn't say necessary. It wasn't crucial. It wasn't essential. It's not like, no, you know, yeah. uh-huh. well done, you've done that. You know, that's something off the list. Um, but it's all part of F1 supposedly, as I said before, getting rid of that heritage and, and sort yeah. of moving on to, um, you know, um, the modern times. And I guess grid girls are part of a former time and, and they're trying to get rid of that sort of feeling that it's a, a, a man's sport, if you like, um, and all of that. But... Yeah, um, I think it's going to be an interesting season. I think I really look forward to it. But, you know, we could quite easily be here next Tuesday and talking about how, um, you know, it's going to just be um, the same as as the last four years and and have Mercedes dominating. And, you know, if they're 30 seconds ahead at the weekend, it's, it's going to bring everyone down a bit, isn't it? But. Hopefully the midfield will make up for it. Is all I'm yeah. gonna say. Uh, have you got any final thoughts? We've got SJ, really. SJW. I, just don't think... I don't know what that is. No, 
I just hope it's a good race. Um, you know, if Hamilton can win, fair enough, fair enough. All I ask is that it's a good race, and as you say, Australia it usually is. Mm-hmm. And as Murray Walker says, anything can happen in F1. Usually exactly, does. exactly. You know, at, at the weekend, uh, Verstappen could go into Raikkonen and Vettel at uh, the first corner. You know, like a certain Singapore race, but uh, I don't that. <laughs> you know, I'm sure Toby would love that. But um, yeah, uh, I think it's going to be a good one. And obviously, we've predicted Hamilton to win uh, the championship, Mercedes to win the constructors. But I think we both agree that it's going to be uber close between sort of second and and seventh, if you like, and then eighth down. I think we both agree that it's going to be very close um, and that we're going to have Sauber propping up the grid <laughs> um, I think that's maybe the one guarantee that we do know but we might be proven wrong, you never know um, what's your thought on the Sauber third driver female, I don't know what's your thoughts Toby no idea what he's on about <laughs> apparently they have a, a third drive that's a woman Oh, oh right, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, it's Titania. He just wasn't Cal- listening. Um, yeah, it's Titania Calderon, mm-hmm. um, and she say she's decent. Um, yeah, she's all right. Mm-hmm. Like Carmen Jorda came out and said, "Oh, women should drive in Formula E because it's less physically demanded and all of that." But uh, that's a discussion for another day anyway. Uh, Thank you very much for coming along for our season preview of the F1 2018 season. I'm sure on Tuesday we'll actually talk about, or next Tuesday we'll talk about um, the weekend. And you you never know, we might even do a spontaneous stream on Sunday if something absolutely crazy happens, such as Alonso and Van Dorn finishing 1-2. We promise you that we will. I hope uh, Toby will join me on this. We will stream on Sunday night if, uh, if, if that Hell happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. And hopefully it'll be a, a really good season. Let us know down in the comments, if you're watching this as a video, who you think is going to win the, the World Championship. And let us know what you think about our uh, opinions. You know, It's very, very much um, an opinion. We, we don't know what's going to happen. We're not the most knowledgeable people about Formula 1. We are. Well, I think we are, to be fair. Uh, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're not the people with looking at the numbers and know the true times from testing and whatever. And um, We just know that it's it's going to be a blast on, on Saturday and Sunday and Friday, okay. if you're sad like Toby, um, <laughs> to see where exactly these all fit in and we'll probably have totally new predictions this time next week but uh, we'll see you then don't know what we're going to be talking about but one of the things will definitely be uh, the, the Formula 1 weekend and, and our opinions on that and, and we'll probably find something else to talk about as well but hopefully you've enjoyed thank you for, for your chat sorry we haven't really kept up with it we have been quite engrossed in the conversation but a big big thank you uh, to all of you for coming along and uh, if you are watching it as a video and as a live stream make sure you do leave a like uh, it really really would um, mean a lot for me and for the channel there you go it would mean a lot to us both because this is something we've been looking forward to and, and uh, we've had a nice chat about it and it's something we're passionate about so it would mean a lot in this case so um, yeah we'll see you next week for another podcast uh, and we'll probably be back on Sunday once uh, McLaren get that one too I hope you all have a really really good week um, and enjoy the Formula 1 at the weekend let us know your predictions down in the comments say goodbye Toby meow there you go there you go we're we're neon off into the sunset so you know (laughs) Um, anyway on that note we'll see you later bye bye see you later